Welcome to Mama Maria's podcast. Why is it named Mama Maria's? Because we are both mamas and we are both named Maria. We also each have a beautiful teenage daughter who has special needs. We want to share our stories, experiences, and successes with all of you to hopefully provide you with encouragement and hope, as well as to let you know you are not alone. Let us begin by saying that we are not lawyers, healthcare providers, licensed counselors, or teachers, but we do understand the various aspects of being a parent to a child with special needs and hope that our background will offer you knowledge and support. Our podcast is supported by the Association for Special Children and Families, which is a not-for-profit family support organization of professionals and parents who have children with any type of disability. You can learn more about them by visiting their website at ASCFamily.org. We encourage you to email us with comments or suggestions for additional podcasts at podcast at ASCFamily.org. Hi, Maria. Hi, Maria. Nice to see you. How you doing? Nice to see you. Good, good. I'm excited about our guest tonight. Yes. And tonight we have Melissa and she's going to share her special needs story with us. Hi, Melissa. Hi. Hello to Maria's. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you for joining us. We really yeah, thank you. Um, so, Melissa, can you tell us, um, you could start from the beginning, um, either with your pregnancy or your child's diagnoses. Um, and just tell us a little bit about um, where you were, um, how your journey has been, and tell us about your child now in about 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. Um, my daughter was born 14 years ago. She, uh, I had a, a normal pregnancy with no complications, um, nothing that we needed to worry about um, as far as I knew. Um, she was born, uh, five days late. So I was induced. Um, she was born at a normal weight, a normal length. She passed all her newborn screenings. Uh, we brought her home from the hospital thinking that everything was going to be normal with her and that we would be a, a family of four. Um, but just within a couple of weeks of her being home, I kind of had the feeling that something wasn't right. She was crying incessantly, crying all the time, no matter what you did to try to soothe her. Um, we took her to the doctor. The doctor thought maybe she had acid reflux, gave her um, reflux medicine. We changed her formulas. We changed her bottles. Uh, we, we tried everything and she kind of wasn't gaining weight. She was failure to thrive. She um, wasn't making eye contact. She was very floppy. Um, she wasn't smiling. And I remember from you know having another daughter, um, the things that she was supposed to be doing at a month old that my baby wasn't doing any of it. And I, I just really had this feeling that something was really wrong with her. Um, then she started to make, um, kind of posturing, um, motions. And my husband and I thought at the time that they were seizures and we were afraid. So we took her to the emergency room, um, uh, at a local hospital and they did all kinds of tests. And one of them was an ammonia level in her blood and a lactic acid level in her blood, which were really dangerously high. And they knew right away that she probably had a metabolic disorder, but it was probably, um, better that they, that we would go, that they were, they were going to transfer us to a bigger hospital that was more equipped to handle, um, her situation, our situation. 
So we did, we left one hospital and were transferred to another. And we were there for about another 10 days where they did a lot more extensive testing, muscle biopsies, x-rays, spinal taps, everything. And um, the doctors told us that she had mitochondrial disease. She was about two months old. And, you know, we didn't know what that was, never really heard of it, never knew anybody that had it. Um, and we were, you know, devastated. We were heartbroken. We didn't know, you know, what to expect. Um, everything that we learned about it and read about was just all bad and, and sad and prognosis wasn't good and just, you know, everything. So, you know, we took her home and we tried, you know, to, to do our best to understand and, and take care of her. Um, you know, at the time and very early in her diagnosis, it's, it was really hard for both of us, especially me, because I was the one that was home with her. I had been working full time at the time. And, you know, after she was born, you know, learning that she had, you know, all her issues, I didn't go back to work. I couldn't go back to work. So I stayed home with her and, you know, it was hard. It was really difficult. It was devastating and it was sad and I was angry and I was upset. And we, I, I felt like, you know, what did we do wrong? You know, why did this happen to us? You know, I thought we were, you know, we were good people and, you know, I don't, I don't understand, you know, you, you go through all these emotions, like what's our life going to be like, what's her life going to be like. Um, but at the time, you know, you kind of, you grieve and you're angry and you're allowed to, to have all those emotions. You are, but I didn't want to be that person. I didn't want to be that person that was always upset and sad and angry. And I had an, another daughter to take care of too. And I had to take care of her and, and I was a wife and I was wanted to be that person that I always was. Um, so I kind of picked myself up and dusted myself off and said, you know, you need to do this. You need to take care of her. I had to realize, and I had to just you know, be her mom. I had to be the best mom that I could be for her because she deserved it. And, you know, my family needed to meet for me to, to be, you know, to take care of her, to, you know, to learn and to understand. And so that's what I did. I had to, you know, be that person. I had to be that, that mom that she deserved. Were you able to meet any other families since then who have a child or a family member with the same type of disability? I did, um, you know, having gone through, uh, the beginning with her, we, our doctors put us in touch with, you know, programs like early intervention. And I was able to get a, a great social worker who really helped us navigate the system, helped us to get equipment, helped us to get, um, the names of specialists, helped us to get, um, you know, uh, programs like Medicaid and DDD helped us to get an accessible van. Mm. Um, and hooked us up with some families that, you know, in the area that, um, also had children with special needs. So I felt like, you know, I wasn't alone because I felt very alone mm -hmm. at the time. I felt like it was just, it was just us and it was just my daughter. So that really, really helped a lot. And you met a family that has a child with the same disability or no? I did, um, through Facebook when I wasn't on Facebook in the, in the very beginning of my daughter, um, her diagnosis, but, you know, as the years went on and I, I went on onto Facebook and then I found that there were other families in, in the area that also had what she had too. So that helped a lot. And have you felt that you've established a relationship, like a supportive relationship with these people? 
Yes, definitely. Oh, we we kind of, you know, compare notes and, and you know, get uh, the best doctors, mm-hmm. you know, and see what each other's experiences are with doctors and, and different equipment and things. Yeah. That's great. And so you said you felt like you were alone and then suddenly you didn't. Yeah, definitely realized that there were other people out there just like us um, that were going through the same um, emotions, um, same fears. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it helped and, a lot. And we appreciate so much that you're here today sharing your story because that's the goal of this podcast is to help other families who um, have children with, with disabilities of different types, you know, so that they don't feel alone. They realize that these feelings are very common. The um, the stories have a lot of similar um, threads that go through them from one family to another. And our experiences seem to mirror one another in many ways. So we really appreciate that you're sharing your story. Can you tell us a little bit about school? Um, did you, I think um, you said you had a social worker. Was that person instrumental in helping you find the right school for your daughter? She definitely was instrumental. Um, during the early intervention, when she turned, after she turned three years old, we were able to look at some schools. We went to, I maybe three or four schools. And we ended up finding a, a great school, a fantastic school actually for her that she's been there um, since she was three years old and she's 14 now. And she has all her therapies through school. She has a PT and OT and speech and developmental intervention. And she has vision therapy. Um, they also have a lot of programs you know, for parents. They have mom's nights and dad nights and sibling nights and they do uh you know things at school and parties and and ballet shows and karate shows and the kids really are involved in everything that's wonderful it's really a wonderful wonderful place and we couldn't be happier and they and everybody knows her everybody knows her everybody knows you know that she always has bows in her hair everybody knows her name whether they're her teacher or not you oh, know it's, okay. it's it's such a special place we're we're very happy with her school Melissa, can you talk a little bit about your child's medical issues and and some of the things that started to happen when she was two months old and throughout the years? I mean, she's now 14 and give us a little bit history of how those medical issues have changed or how they have remained the same or, you know, tell us a little bit about that. She um, is nonverbal, non-mobile. She's tube fed. She um, has a seizure disorder. She has cortical vision loss. She has acid reflux. Um, she has microcephaly um, and she has a, dis- a hip dislocation. Um, she had a, a feeding tube put in when she was four years old um, because she was just aspirating everything at the time. And we kind of f- fought that tooth and nail because we felt that you know, if she's not going to eat by mouth, then that's probably going to be the beginning of the end. And we just were afraid. We didn't understand that it was going to help her. We just felt like, you know, that's just another thing. And, you know, it's just going to get worse after this. And just, but we got the feeding tube and it was the best thing that we could have done for her because it's kept her, you know, it's kept her alive. Basically she's, she's tube fed. Um, She takes everything through the tube and her medicines and everything too. Um, she's very respiratory. She has a lot of secretions. It's really easy for her to get sick. Um, so she has a suction machine that, you know, we suction her. Um, she has a a percussion vest to kind of loosen up those secretions to help, you know, with the suctioning, to help her to get, to help her cough. 
She has a cough assist machine to help her cough as well. Um, nebulizer treatments, um, seizure meds. Um, it's been pretty much the same um, uh, medicine regimen for the last uh, maybe 13, 12, 13 years. So, um, does, she, so does she have a nurse um, with her does. at all times at the school? She does have a nurse at school. Um, and she does have a night nurse as well, because at night she also has um, seizure meds that she needs, uh, nebulizer treatments as well, chest percussion vest as well, all through the night. And she does have seizures at night that she, you know, she needs to be monitored for. And she also has to be monitored for her oxygen. How was that transition for you, uh, you know, having a night nurse come and help you? It was um, hard. Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to have someone in your house, a stranger, basically in your house all night long with your baby that can't tell you, you know, if something is wrong. So, but we have an excellent night nurse that, that has been with us for probably the last nine years, 10 years. Wow. Oh, wow. All our nurses are like family. Mm. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really amazing. We really, we really were lucky. We're really lucky because they love her and they talk to her and they play with her and they play music for her. And it, she's just not like just a patient, they're patient. That's they treat her like a daughter too. And that that's what we want. How do your other children um, manage that? Do they think it's weird to have this nurse in the house or are they used to it and they feel like she's there? Yeah, they're used to it. It's yeah. just been so long now um, that it's just, they're so used to having another person here at night. It's just, it's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> they're used to it. They're definitely okay. used to it. And how about your uh, support systems? Um, have you established a relationship with any type of organizations or um, support groups or anything like that? Um, there's a lot of different support groups um, that we found through social media, through Facebook, um, through our school or my daughter's school, um, the Association for Special Children and Families. Um, we've done some parent education classes with them. Um, we do, they have a Christmas, a Christmas party that we do, that we do go to with our daughters. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, just different things through my daughter's school, um, parent groups, you know, there's, it's a, it's a big system, a support system out there a lot better, a lot more now than there was when she, when she was first born 14 years ago, it's a lot easier to, to find uh, what you need right now through social media and through different things. Yeah. How has it been for your family, like your extended family, your parents, his parents, your friends? How did those relationships change over the years or maybe not? How did, you know, how did you all manage that? Well, I have to say with our families in the very beginning, it was hard because they're, you know, our parents are old fashioned. They thought that, you know, she was going to grow out of it and that she was going to be okay. Um, but you know, it took them a while to understand that it, it wasn't something she was going to grow out of and it was serious and it was just, it wasn't going to get better. Um, in the beginning of my father, because my husband had to work and I was the one taking my daughter to doctor's appointments and therapies and things. And my dad came with me and I think, you know, him having to hear, actually hear for himself, the things that the doctors were saying about her illness and about, you know, different things. That's when he understood that, yeah, this is, this is serious. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was hard for him. It was hard for him to understand. 
that's his grandbaby. That's a it's a little baby. You know, that's his love. That's his daughter's his daughter's baby. That you know, they're saying all these horrible things that might happen to her. Mm-hmm. So, would you, you know, say that, that everybody was mourning her a little bit? You know, mourning everybody. Everybody was yeah. Everybody was you know nervous and scared and you know upset and sad for us and they kind of didn't know what to say and they didn't want to say the wrong thing but I guess it just took a while for them to understand um and to know that you know she was you know still our baby our child who they loved and they you know wanted to do whatever they could do to help us well it sounds wonderful you have a nice support system a very loving family and they they sound like they're accepting too, which is so important because I think for all of us who have children with special needs, coming to that point of acceptance is so important. And we all do it at different stages and everybody's going to be on their own um, journey. And it's nice when everybody who's close to you can get there because then you're all on the same page moving forward. And I think that's really important for the child. How is it today, Melissa? How is your, um, how is your life today? with your child with special needs and how, you know, what, you know, how is she, how is, um, you know, tell us a little bit about what she likes and, and the things she enjoys in her life. Well, definitely. She's a, she's a huge part of our family. Everybody loves her. Um, we try to include her with, with everything that we do. Um, she loves to be out. She loves to be around other people. She loves music. She loves, um, having her sisters around, uh, listening to them play, uh, being really close, you know, really close, like up to her cheek, like listening to you breathing. She loves, yeah, she, she loves like that feeling of closeness. She loves that feeling of family. Um, she doesn't get upset if we're at uh, like a party and, you know, coming from a Italian family and a Spanish family, there's parties and there's music and there's lots of loud, uh, noises and, she doesn't mind it. She loves it. She actually loves it. She doesn't get upset. She doesn't get scared. She loves having people around. Um, she loves uh, all kinds of music. She loves watching TV. She loves her sisters. She loves cartoons. Um, she's like an old soul. You know, she kind of listens and she looks and it, you kind of look at her and you know that, you know, she's probably, you know, she, she takes it all in and she's probably thinking, you know, <laughs> Like who knows what she, you know, she listens to everything. She knows everybody's business at school, the nurses. <laughs> like, yeah, she's, she's how is uh, the relationship between um between the three girls? How is that relationship in your house? Like how how would you describe that? Well, my I remember when my oldest um when she was a lot younger and we would be at a store or something and she would think that people were staring at her. I remember one time she was in a, she was in her wheelchair and my daughter had like a chest brace on and she had a cervical collar on and she kind of looked like she was in a car accident. She was in a wheelchair. Um, and my daughter said, mommy, those kids are staring at my sister and I don't like it. And I said, well, they're probably looking at her because she's cute. (laughs) And I said, and she said, no, she's, they're looking at her because they're making fun of her and I don't like it. And I want to tell them to stop. And I said, well, I mean, you can, if you want, but you know, they, they probably just don't understand. They probably never saw someone like her before. And she's, and she kind of gave them a dirty look and they, you know, and we kind of went on our merry way. So she's very protective of her. 
she, when she was younger, she, you know, would go into her bed at night and kind of watch TV with her cartoons with her until the night nurse came. And, um, now my little one kind of, uh, stepped up where she left off because now, you know, she's 18 and she's got school and she's got work and different things. And now my, and so my little one kind of does the same thing. She's very protective of her and she talks to her and she plays with her. And, you know, because my daughter has, she has a lot of toys. So of course she wants to always take something of my other daughters and she'll say, mommy, can I play with, with her doll? And I say, well, you better ask your sister if you can play with it. So she'll actually ask her and she'll say, oh, can I play with your doll? Can I play with this? Can I play with your music box? So she's very, you know, (laughs) yeah, she's really sweet with her. She's really funny with her. So within your own family, it's like, I, I mean, the way that I see it is just this perfect, beautiful harmony um, yeah. and this beautiful good. balance. And um, I mean, the way you're describing it, that's that's kind of how I see that moment, uh, you know, and and if somebody I'm sure that if somebody told you that's how it was going to be, um, what would you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would never, I wouldn't think, you know, because when you first, when your child is, you know, born and they're diagnosed with something, you know, life-threatening, you think you're never going to be happy again. You're never going to have that family, you know, normal, quote unquote, normal, normalcy again. Yeah. And it, it takes a, it takes a long time and it takes a lot of, you know, uh, patience and, and we prayed and, you know, we just took things day by day and, you know, it took a lot to, to kind of get at this point, but we try not to get, you know, as nervous anymore when she needs extra suctioning or when she needs oxygen or when she has a fever, we try not to get as nervous as we used to in the very beginning thinking, you know, that something was going to go wrong and, you know, we need to go to the hospital. We kind of try to manage things on our own. We, we tried to kind of, uh, we learned, you know, how to do things on our own. We're like nurses, me and my husband now, the two of us. Um, but we, you know, we do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We want to try to keep her out of the hospital. We want to kind of yeah. try to manage her at home, especially now. What you're saying leads me to the question. I was just curious, um, out of all the experiences you've had, what would you say you've learned the most from having a daughter with special needs? What has she taught you and your husband? Well, she's definitely taught us um, unconditional love. She's taught us that she's, you know, the person that she's meant to be Mm -hmm. Um, and not to compare, you know, her with, with other kids. Um, She taught us definitely not to sweat the small stuff. Um, Absolutely. We've both found strength that we never thought that we even ever had. Um, But, but, but she's strong. And that's, I think we we're strong because she is like, she gives us, you know, the strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's who she's meant to be. Yeah. It's amazing when we look at our children and we think, you know, we're the parents and we're supposed to provide the strength for them, but it really does seem to go the other way. You know, it's, yes. it's yeah. you never, thought, you never thought your life would have these experiences. And now that they do, it's, you know, okay. So how am I going to muster up the energy and how am I going to muster up the will? And you look at your child and you say, I just got to pick myself up. I love them and I'm going to do it. And uh, it's because of them that we do what we do. Melissa, what would you say to someone who um, has a diagnosis similar to your daughter's um, and who has a child with medical issues, not 
not only with special needs and, you know, physical needs or, you know, learning issues, but medical issues too, you know, in and out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say, well, that was definitely us. We were in the hospital a lot more often when she was younger. Um, She had pneumonia and RSV and, you know, infections. And we felt like, you know, I I would listen to the doctors. I would say that things are going to get better. They're not always going to be sad. They're not always going to be difficult. You're going to get through the bad times. Um, There's going to be better days in your future. And I would say not to, not to, not to um, think so much ahead as to what, what's going to happen. Take things day by day, compartmentalize, um, take what the doctors say and kind of just, you know, put them in the back of your head and just focus on, on today on what you can do um, to make today a better day, to make them comfortable, to make them happy. Um, I would tell them that you're not alone. Um, there's a lot of support groups out there. Um, there's a lot of different people to talk to. There's a lot of resources more than ever before. Um, and that you are your best advocate. You know yourself what your child needs. Mm-hmm. Um, you're your child's voice. And if you think something is wrong and if you, you know, and people aren't listening to you, you just keep on fighting because that's, you know, that's your child and your their voice and you know what's best. Mm. Well, that's very encouraging. I really appreciate your saying all that. I hope that it helps our listeners. I know it's helping me. And uh, we really are so thankful to you for coming on with us tonight and sharing your story. Yeah, so thank thanks, you, Melissa. Melissa. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So we would love to hear from our audience uh, with suggestions for additional podcasts or comments about how our discussions are impacting your life. Feel free to email us at podcast at ascfamily.org. We're so glad you're with us and that you want to be part of our lives because we want to be a part of yours. Thanks for listening. Thank you.